So I did an ignite in Minneapolis and Pete Cheslock screwed it up and we're he's I think that's why we <laughs> haven't been at the same event or same location since then. I think he's hiding from me. It's time for Arrested DevOps, the podcast that helps you achieve understanding, develop good practices, and operate your team and business for maximum DevOps awesomeness. I'm your co-host, Matt Stratton, at Matt Stratton on Twitter. I'm your co-host, Trevor Hess, at Trevor G. Hess on Twitter. And I'm your co-host, Bridget Crumhout, at Bridget Crumhout on Twitter. Arrested DevOps is brought to you by 10th Magnitude, a cloud services company that figures if you're listening to this podcast, you must be pretty cool. You can find out about joining their cloud services team at arresteddevops.com slash 10th Magnitude. This episode is also brought to you by Datadog, a monitoring tool that helps bridge the gap between operations and dev teams. Datadog brings together system metrics, changes, alerts, and events from over 70 common infrastructure tools, such as Chef, Docker, and and AWS. So the dev and ops teams share their key data and alerts in a single place and collaborate on issues in real time. Datadog is available for a free 14-day trial at arresteddevops.com slash Datadog. John Willis is joining us now. We've been pestering him to be on the show since practically the beginning, and now we got him. John, tell us a bit about yourself, and let's get going. Yeah, you know, I think I said this to Matt a couple of times. Hey, I, you know, I felt that you guys didn't like me. But then he pointed out a couple of times where I screwed up and, and it was my fault for not coming on. So so I can't say that this time. But yeah, no, it's awesome to be on the show. Um, yeah, you know, I'm John Willis. I'm uh, Batsagaloop on Twitter. And, you know, I think um, obviously been, you know, DevOps has been very dear to me, at least over the last six years as it has been defined and probably the last 35 years as it's not been defined, being kind of an IT operations junkie my whole life. Awesome. All right. So, so John, let's, let's talk about, we're here today to talk about DevOps days. And we figured that you're a pretty good person to talk to about this. You've been to a bunch of them over the years. And um, maybe since we've been we've been telling our listeners for, you know, months and months now during all the conference and event sections of the podcast, hey, this DevOps Days has an open CFP. And hey, you should go to that DevOps Days. And hey, I'm going to be helping run this DevOps Days. You want to just kind of give us a quick TLDR on what is a DevOps Days? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's, um, you know, I think um, so back in the... Um, Early like 2006, 2007, they they, they started these things called bar camps, and and um, and I, you know I know Patrick, and, and somewhere there this evolved these kind of open spaces things, and I get you know we all know Patrick Abar, we call him the Godfather of DevOps, uh, certainly DevOps days, and he created the first one uh, kind of by accident in that he was frustrated that he couldn't get velocity, uh, he was trying to get other well-known organizations to address this opportunity of devs and ops working harmoniously or collaborating, right? And he felt strong. So he ran his first DevOps days in Ghent in uh, 2009. I was very fortunate that um, I happened to be listening to Andrew Schaefer on a podcast, almost fell off the road when he mentioned agile infrastructure or agile operations. I almost got into an accident because of my, okay, this is what my life should have been all about. And I... <laughs> I immediately called him and said, what is this agile operations stuff? And he said, well, there's some guy in Belgium that apparently is, and I, I got in touch with Patrick and I, I think I was the only American there, but, but to, 
to, to keep it short, it, it's, a, it's a structure of which people come to collaborate in a non-egotistical way. And you find all these brilliant people. And it, it's, I'm not trying to say that it's a unicorn event, but you find all these very passionate, very smart people. And the format is, is, is just worked very well. It's either usually two days. Um, some events have one, but most two days where you have morning sessions with uh, known speakers. In fact, typically there'll be a keynote of somebody who is kind of invited and then there'll be a CFP where um, most of the community local and global will try to sift through and try to prevent the best possible agenda. And then the afternoons are what we call open spaces where people actually get to kind of create their own topics um, and, and have, you know, open discussions and round chair circle, you know, anywhere from a learning opportunity to an overview of a new technology to just a, a general just discussion about some very complex item. So, um, you know, just to, to wrap it up, it, it's, it's um, I, I remember early on for me, uh, you know, my career when I started out was, you know, I, it was a lot of egos in my early career. I mean, you'd walk into these rooms with people who had Michelson awards, like these, these performance, you know, uh, you know, almost, um, you know, medals of honor, and, and you couldn't have a technical conversation with them. Um, and, and all of a sudden, I'm meeting all these young, fascinating, brilliant people. I mean, it's literally starting in 2009, 2010, with, and, and people that were just amazingly smart and passionate that seemed to, at least when you walked in the door of a DevOps day, there seemed to be no ego. And early on, I would, you know, I've been done a lot of keynotes at, at DevOps days, and I always say, let's make sure that this is not the one that changes that. And here we are, what, six years in, and... I you know I can, I still get chills thinking about you know the conversations that I have with people and some of the people are just amazing thinkers and 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 it seems like everybody checks their ego at the door so I said I keep it short it, it's an amazing <laughs> event if you have not been to one um, there are plenty all over the world now um, I think Bridget we said there's like 22 this year. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you, you really should find your way to one of these events. Um, it, it really is a fascinating. And you get to people meet like people like Matt and Bridget and, and, and all sorts of great people. Listeners of the show have heard the story before about my transformative DevOps moment, which also involved driving in a car, listening to a podcast, which was listening to DevOps Cafe when you had Jez on, and it was the first DevOps Cafe I ever listened to. And I was listening and literally yelling at the radio about how that could never work at apartments.com and blah, blah, blah. And then Jez drops the whole, you know, HP LaserJet firmware story. And I went, oh, and today it's this. So it's, it's, it's kind of fun that I'm like, oh, you had a transformative podcast episode, you know, moment uh, in your car too. So, like, so let's make sure people don't get into accidents. Yes, please. <laughs> Hopefully we, 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 there is a, an, an uh, implied waiver for podcasters that we are not responsible for, you know, if you have such great big thoughts while you're driving and listening to our thinking. So <laughs> yeah, this is a Saul of Tarsus moment that you both have. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, Okay, so I'm thinking like looking at the hockey stick growth of DevOps days, you know, from Ghent in 2009 to 22 events this year. What's your what's your 10 since you've been going since the beginning, John? What's your 10,000 foot view perspective on how they've evolved? Like what yeah, are the changes and how are they the same? 
I think, you know, uh, it's funny when you guys, we talked about doing this, I, you know, it's funny how podcasts go because you, you make a list of all the things you think you're going to talk about and then something like this comes up, which is, I just, this question is a great question. You know, I think one of the most interesting things to me, I mean, there's a lot of great technologies and great stories and always learning opportunities, but but in the early days of DevOps, well, you know, let's take 2009. There were basically, there was one, right? In 2010, we basically, I think we had really two majors. I forget there was one maybe in Brazil or somewhere, but in and one general. In, and one in Hamburg. There was Sydney, okay. Mountain View, Hamburg, and Sao Paulo. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and by definition, there you go. The two that, like the, the idea was originally that, you know, where you can only, people would only tolerate two of these, you know, so we'll have one in Europe. And actually, usually that was wherever Patrick had never been. Sorry, Patrick. I love you, brother. But, but it, you pick a city that he'd be like, okay, where have I never been? Let's have the Europe one. And we always had the one in uh, Mountain View or Silicon Valley because we piggyback velocity. And, and then, you know, but in the early days, 2010, 2011, when you got into like 2012, if you asked how many people was their, was their first DevOps days, there wasn't as many local ones. You would get a, a majority of the a very small, maybe a third or 25% of the room would raise their hand that it was a fir- their first DevOps days. About two, two years ago, when you asked that question, overwhelmingly, it would be like 70, 80% of the room would raise their hand that it was the next, and, and over and over. So what we've seen is one just really uh, encouraging hockey stick opportunity is that we're getting more people coming to these events. Because, again, in the old days, because specifically the Silicon Valley one, you got to see all your old friends. Everybody came in. Ben Rockwood was there. John Osbar was there. I mean, the, the, you knew that in that event that you were going to get. And in Europe, we got to meet Chris Byatz and the, and and uh, and so people. It was a reoccurring with a, a small group of new people. And now, what you find with all the regional ones, which is great, is literally what you're getting to meet is you know 75 percent in every event new people that are coming in asking questions and having the same kind of aha moments that we've all had attending our first DevOps days. Yeah, see, that's that's great, I think, because that takes it from being, you know, old home week and fun, but also kind of an echo chamber to being uh, an explosion of new ideas and also passing the same great ideas on to people who may not have an opportunity to heard that be- you know, to have heard that before and then can take it back to their organizations. So I'm just kind of imagining like the DNA spreading throughout all of the organizations that all these people are coming from that they can take these experiences back to. Yeah, when it's your local community, it's really um, heartwarming to see that, you know, when it was a matter of, again, you know, you did the second Chicago one and you're like, how many people, you know, John, you, you know, saw how many people do your first time and it's almost the whole room. And I, as an organizer, was sitting there saying, really? You guys aren't all the people who came. Then I'm thinking, why didn't anybody come back from last year? <laughs> so it's a whole other problem. But Minneapolis, too, was like that, right? You had a, and that, that one surprised me because that the community is the way it is. And when you're part of your local community, you almost feel like you're like, okay, well, we're going to have a DevOps days and there's going to be about 300 people there. And I know there's about 300 people in my local community, so I know who's going to be there. And then it's a whole bunch of people you've never met before. And then it makes you feel really good. John, to your point about it, it's spreading it out into 
And like Bridget said, you know, it's disseminating it into those organizations. And if this is the community and the city where you work, it, it's very heartening. And uh, we got a few Midwesterners on this podcast and we're a little slow to adopt in the Midwest. So uh, it really has been powerful. And, and John, you know, I got to say how many people I talk to who, you know, kind of found themselves coming to a DevOps days because of they went to DevOps Enterprise Summit, you know, or something like that. So it's it's interesting the different levels, and that's something John is passionately and heavily involved in. For listeners who don't know, <laughs> who if you only listen to uh, the Goat Farm because you're an enterprise person, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean I love the localization, right? Like you know, there's a sweet spot in my. Like, it was you know, it's it's a little bittersweet, right? Like this year, Silicon Valley was was decoupled from velocity and it was 80 percent you know new people and so the bittersweet was silicon valley became like everywhere else um and and again the the localization like you know minnesota you know not because you've run it uh bridget but it was it was was just a flavor of minneapolis there right having the after party at target and you know you like there's a beauty in that you know the bittersweet part is in Silicon Valley, I didn't get to meet Ben Rockwood. I didn't get to be, you know, I didn't get to get that little time where at least 20 minutes I got to sat in a, and talk to Ben Rockwood about Deming or, you know. and Well, and, you probably, I mean, you probably have to go to ChefConf for that now, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, again, the, the local, um, the, the, the localization of it is really to watch the community learn about themselves. And then, and then to get the flavor of those, like Chicago, right? Like Chicago, I, I got to go to Chicago one. Like deep, was, deep dish DevOps. It was so deep dish DevOps. Like, like, <laughs> they, like you, you, you knew you were in Chicago. Like, like you could have just transported me, and you know, you know, and, and just transported me. Like, and I'm not going to tell you where you're going to wind up, John. You're just going to get <laughs> transported and and put in the room. And I think within about 10 minutes, I would have figured out, you know what? I'm in Chicago. (laughs) I think that's important. Like when, when we think about the events and there's a, I wrote a, I wrote a a blog post last year that I'll link to where I used to be very involved in swing dancing and the parallels between the swing dancing community and DevOps community are really interesting to me. And that the parallel that I see this case is there used to be these things called Lindy exchanges and I look at them as similar to DevOps days where they're very community local type events. And they started because a whole bunch of dancers in Chicago went to San Francisco, met some new friends and invited them to come back to Chicago for a weekend. And they're like, like, wow, and then took them out to like all their favorite places to dance. And then what's happened though, and I think this is the parallel, I'm going somewhere to what you're talking about with Silicon Valley, is that over time as these things became big, so people would say, oh, well, I want to have a Lindy Exchange in, you know, in, in my town and everything, and we'll invite people. Well, your regular venues are, are built for maybe 100 people coming to dance, right? But now you're bringing in 500 people. So you start ending up to have, and you have these national swing DJs that travel. And then every Lindy exchange becomes the same, except it happens to be in your particular town. And then I think that's the trick with DevOps days is that there's a common feel. And I think that's something we try not to do is, like you said, you're doing a balance of national speak, you know, well, national speakers, but your local speakers, you have a context that's the same, but it still is the thing that makes it special about itself. And that's maybe kind of a little bit of a bummer, like you said, with the Silicon Valley one, where it was almost like, even though it wasn't necessarily because it was localized, but it, it that particular event had its own flavor. And 
as part of evolution, the flavors are changing a little bit. But I, I think what you don't want to do is say, I want to start DevOps Days Des Moines, and I'm going to go and I'm going to do a carbon copy of everything they did in Minneapolis, right? Uh, because then why did I, you know, it should still have the Des Moines flavor. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's one of the reasons, actually, is uh, John and I are both on the core team, and one of the reasons that we absolutely insist that an event is organized by people in its local community is that we want it to have the local flavor. So, like, if we talked to some people at one point who wanted to hold a destination DevOps days, um, you know, it was actually, I believe they were thinking of Las Vegas, and I'm like, that's excellent. You're going to talk to the people who run whatever meetups there are in Las Vegas? And that one didn't end up coming together. But point being, like, if you would like something to be a DevOpsDays.org sanctioned event it needs to tie in with the local community yeah and you know it's interesting that when you were talking i totally agree bridget i mean and well i mean that is the way it is and we it, it's what keeps it kind of pure um but you know you were talking about the the national events and all it, it you know it was funny in um i think it was 2000 so in 2012 or so 2013 let me get this right so we had 9 10 11 oh and then 12 um, I kind of backed off some of the organizing of the Mountain View one, right? So we were still kind of quasi in this two-a-year thing, one in Europe, one in the U.S. And um, and we were going to have it at Google. And and all of a sudden, like about a month before the due date, Google said, oh, by the way, we're not doing food. And everybody's like, oh, no, okay. Because we'd had it at LinkedIn the prior two years, and they'd done everything. And then about two weeks before, maybe three weeks, I, I forget the time, they said, oh, by the way, we want everybody to fill out an NDA. And I, I'm not dissing Google – but we got on a kind of, a, you know, a, a, you know, a red alert con call and like, OK, like this is not going to work. Three or four hundred people showing up and having to call their company and ask if it's OK to sign an NDA. And, you know, you know, imagine the line in the queue, you know, people like me, I would have to call, you know, my employer and say, hey, um, anyway. So we made a last minute call. Um, the cloud camp came. Dave Nelson had this. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys were at that one. Where we had the whole uh, it was that warehouse that we had the whole thing. And one of the postmortems that we had after that was are we limiting the amount of people that possibly can come to these events, right? Because the venues that we, and the problem is for, the, for all you guys that have run events, you get to that point where the venues, it, it's like a 400 and then it's like, you got to go to a hotel, you know? And, and, yep. and so the next year we decided to go to a hotel and it was a disaster, you know? So, I mean, the, the logistics of, you know, I remember, Patrick calling me saying, John, what in the hell is going on here? It sounds like they want, you know, $10,000 just for a stage. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We thought stages were included. You know, I, I got to the joke where I, I felt like at the last minute they were going to hit us for oxygen charges, you know, and <laughs> – Read, so, read your bill carefully, John. They probably did. You know what hotels? You know what hotels charge for coffee, right? I know it's crazy. And coffee's and so, like sixty dollars a gallon. <laughs> and lesson learned for me at that point was, you know what? You know, this is because it's volunteer run, and because it's like, so there was, you know, there wasn't really any criticism from anybody, but it was like we had to outsource all that stuff. And if you don't know what you're doing and dealing with hotels. Like, that's what's going to happen to you. Uh, you're going to get hit with, you know, uh, oxygen charges the day before. And so um, it was kind of almost a, a, a pullback reaction that, you know what, maybe we shouldn't. Let's just worry about how many people go here. And in the end, it, it works out well, right? Because I think you're right. I think if we had 3,000 people coming to a DevOps days, 
Oh, like, open space would be very yeah, complicated. Would be really, really tricky, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think we got the right mix. I think I think this has evolved the way it was supposed to be. I think that's an important, that's interesting that it, it's sort of that myst- mystical feel of DevOps days capping out at a certain size kind of probably came out of that. You know, like, let's say you'd actually had a really good experience with dealing with hotels. Then it would have kind of been a little bit more like, oh, yeah, I can, I should shoot for a thousand people at DevOps Day Chicago. And, but what's happened is that sort of helped frame to that to the point that if you talk to a lot of organizers, I feel like, or at least, again, the ones I've had experience with, um, we feel passionately that this keeping the size small is actually what makes the event the way that it is. And we've had this problem in Chicago both years that we've done it. We sell out. I mean, the first year it freaked us out because this is a little dirty secret for people who haven't organized a DevOps days. When you do it your first time, you're gonna you don't know the fact that like everybody registered, like ninety percent of the people register in the last two weeks, right? So you go this whole time going, oh my god, no one's gonna come, and then 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 you have two to three weeks of oh my god, I have to turn away so many people. We kept saying we we want to keep it to a certain eyes because we like the idea that you can fundamentally kind of if you really wanted to talk to everybody at that event if you're about 300 you know what i mean you don't feel you feel like everyone's having a common experience and some more too about keeping that common experience for all the participants versus some more traditional conferences where well bridget's really interested in elk so she's going to go to those things and trevor's going to go to some dotnet sessions and john's going to you know just hang out in the hallway track and you know matt's going to go do this and then maybe over if, if there are open spaces or whatever we didn't have a common morning and i love that about devops days yeah i really like single track conferences in general i actually probably have a slightly different opinion of hotels just because my partner joe has actually worked in hotel event technology for almost 20 years so i know exactly how to read beos and i know exactly where the hotels are going to get you and we ran the first devops days minneapolis at a university and we quickly outgrew the space and for the second one we had about 370 warm bodies and we did hold it at a hotel and that was actually a pretty smooth experience and we think that we can we're we are definitely going to grow it next year so i think that some of that those are that gets into logistics things and i mean jason dixon does a great job with monitorama which is a single track conference with 600 people so like it of course it doesn't have open space so you do have to put some considerations in there for that. I really do think that like juggling logistics is um, part and parcel of running a conference, but it's more about what do your local organizers want to focus on? Where do they have some experience? Where do they have some uh, desire to spend some time? Or what are they worried about or not worried about? Like, I don't want to say that DevOps days have to cap out at 300. Like, I don't think they do. And I know Austin is bigger than that, for example. So it just kind of depends on your local needs. Like, but when people are going to run one for the first time, I definitely encourage them to look at the size of their local meetup, see how many people usually show up. You know, ballpark, they might have three to four times as many people as that just organically. Yeah, think about what you can handle. And I think you made a good point, Bridget, right? Which depends on, in your case, you're like, hey, I have experience in knowing how to do this. So this makes sense for our particular event. And, but what we, we, we all know, or well, Trevor by osmosis of being, you know, working at the office where most of DevOps Day Chicago meetings occur, running a DevOps Day's event is substantially different than professional event organizing because you have mostly volunteers as your core organizers and things like that. And I one thing that I, I think is important, you said like when you're when you're a new organizer, you're starting something out new. Um, and I helped quite a few, you know, I think all we we've a lot of us have helped guide 
different events and, and things like that. Kind of my take on it is, and this is what we did with, with Chicago, was we looked at the common format and said, well, did we want to do something a little different? And then fortunately, and I, I wish I could could identify who it was on our, our team that was the smart person in this case, and I know it wasn't me. I'm going to guess it was probably Michael Lanyon, you know, Jerry Kettle said, why don't we just stick with the format the first time? And then we'll think about changing it. And then sure enough, the second year, it was exactly bog standard DevOps days. But like John said, but it was Chicago. Chicago feels different than anybody else. Minneapolis, in my mind, follows the standard I hate to say template, it is different than every other DevOps days. And then at then and then there's ones like, you know, New York has experimented with different formats. Austin does it different. And my thought is when you've done it for a while yeah. and you get a feel for your thing, go ahead and kind of uh, you know, you know, it's that shuhari thing, right? First it's obey, then yeah. detach, right? So your first few, obey, because you've never done one in your city before. You don't know what your city is going to be like. So I think that's a good formula. I think there's a couple of great points between both of you, what you guys both made. One, you know, I think I think you're right. You know, people, we all get this, but, you know, I, I, I've been doing this for quite a while. People say, how do I do a DevOps days, right? Like, um, I, I think you're absolutely, I think there's a couple of things here. One, you definitely follow the rules the first time. Like, the template for doing it is so baked. Like, if you want to know how to do it the way it's been done for almost every first one, and and certainly um, a, a lion's share of the ones that still continue, you know, follow the rules. I think what you did in Chicago was spot on. Um, learn your – I mean, everybody's going to have their local flavor. You know, Austin took a lot of heat for having dual tracks. Hey – they felt, and they, you know, they've done it what five times, I think, by my count, right? They basically have learned a lot about their community and the, the feedback and what they've done. So, um, and I think you're spot on. You know, follow the rules the first time, get your feet wet, and and on the hotel thing, Bridget, I think you you also raised an excellent point. So, if we sound like a hotels are evil, and and that that's that shouldn't be the takeaway, but the one of the takeaways should be that. If you know nothing about vent planning, <laughs> like be very careful about working with a hotel. In your case, <laughs> Joe had experience. I mean, because Minneapolis was spotless. In fact, it was funny when I saw it. You know, I saw that you were what in Hilton or something. Like, ooh, wow, okay, that's interesting. And but it was it was you know it was like oh my goodness, this ran like a velocity in terms of. And I I didn't know the backstory that Joe had that background right. Like so, just like if you're listening and saying, hey, I live in a certain city, could I do this? Because I have another point about that is, you know, unless you have somebody on the committee who has actually worked with a hotel, probably stay away from a hotel. However, if you, you know, if you have somebody who has absolute experience and, and to Matt's point, you're all volunteers. So be very careful about what, you know, how much food you put on your plate, you know, you, you yell at your, you know, you, you correct your kids, you know, like, hey, you really want to order that, like, steak and eggs and, you know, and every time my, my young kid winds up leaving 90% of it on the plate, right? Think about that when you're you're sitting about the, you know, the volunteer time and the time that it's going to take and all. So I think those are all good points. Another point I want to make is about growth. Again, uh, you know, every local um venue or, or will learn how to learn what makes sense for them. Some might want to cap it and keep it a certain way. I think that, you know, what you guys did in Minnesota worked really well, right? It, the, the, it, you know, it would be interesting to see that next year at like 600, 700 or 750 and see how that worked out. The logistics there 
you know, one of the things um, I know I'm a chatty Kathy, but that you knew that before you guys brought me on the on the show. But um, you know, one of the things that is incredibly important, and like it, it makes the difference of a good versus great and possibly bad, is the uh, proximity of the open space rooms. You know, a lot of people talk about a venue, and I like you know I go through kind of the do's and don'ts. But I remember there was one in New York where it was at uh, uh, you know a Polytech Institute in Brooklyn, and Brooklyn was fine, the location was fine, but the distance you had to travel to open spaces was by the time you got there, it was the discussion was halfway done, and but by the second day, you basically picked the room and stayed in that room. Yeah, that, that's actually one of the reasons we definitely found we outgrew our first venue. And I don't want to stay on this topic too long just because there's so many other great things we should talk about. But one one thing that we did outgrow in our first venue was the fact that there were limited breakout space, you know, rooms, and they were on different floors from the main hall and from each other. And that's kind of one of those things where, like, we didn't really think it would be a problem, and we were wrong. It was definitely a problem. <laughs> There's there's a lot of stuff like that that I think it's great that a lot of organizers have helped write the, you know, guiding documents, which is, you know, very useful because I've seen that there's um, – we actually have uh, – DevOps Days Istanbul is getting ready to, you know, start planning. And uh, they sent through an email in Turkish, and I thought, I'm going to click on this thing in Gmail that says translate it because why not? I'm kind of interested. What are they saying? with the organizer page link and they're saying you have to read this this is very useful and important or something along those lines and i was like yep this is pretty great but yeah so we haven't heard anything from trevor for a little while and i know that trevor is in the unique position on this uh hangout from of being the one person who has not run a devops days so trevor do you want to give us a little bit of your perspective as an attendee so i've i've really only been to part of two DevOps Day Chicago's and they're fantastic. I mean, the getting, I mean, so I got to speak this year at DevOps Day Chicago, which was awesome. And everybody was super warm and receptive. You know, I kind of was nervous because everybody knows I do a lot more Microsoft-y things. So, you know, there's always that worry. I mean, I, I want to talk about open, uh, open source, but, but it was still nice to kind of, everybody was welcome. And I was like, we're super worried because I was kind of talking about open source towards the Microsoft people who might not have been doing open source, but even the people who've been doing open source for years were all cheering at the end and it was fun and welcoming. And I, I just love the open spaces as well because, you know, between the law of two feet and the, diff the variety of topics, there's, there's no way you're gonna get stuck with something that's not useful. So that's, that's actually a really interesting point is you had attended the first of us in Chicago and then you chose to speak at the second one. Um, I'm guessing that this is not, you know, you don't necessarily speak at all of the events ever. So like, do you want to talk a little bit about what the process that led you to consider speaking at a conference like this? Well, uh, sure. I, I did, I did submit a talk for, the first DevOps Day Chicago, and I was, I think I'd mentioned this before, I was sitting in the next room from where they were organizing, and I, I got to hear the, like, just the, the, the crackles through the wall of, I think that sounds like my talk, and then the decision not to, 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 to include it. Oh. <laughs> so I, I love to tease Matt about that one. <laughs> I fought for you. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> you you were in the in the it was uh, the top call, so that was good. Well, you know what? That might be a good transition discussion. Here is, you know, the the um, Microsoft and in general what Microsoft has done in industry wide and how it reflects in DevOps days. Because early DevOps days, 
you know, I, I remember a couple. In fact, to be honest with you, I think Jeffrey Snover. You, we were talking before about Jeffrey Snover. People don't know Jeffrey Snover's amazing transformer of Microsoft in so many ways, the, the inventor of PowerShell, and we could go on and on and on, and we won't. But in an early Silicon Valley one, he submitted, and it got rejected. And it got rejected because it was Microsoft. And me and Damon, me and Damon had already had him on the podcast. And and, uh, and Damon was the one who got him down on our DevOps Cafe podcast. He's like, we got to get this guy on the show. And I was actually being like, really, Microsoft? Okay, sure. And we got him on a call. Even on the pre-call, I found out like our careers were similar. We both worked at we both worked with Tivoli at the same time. It was like, oh my god, you're a fascinating person. And so by the time the CFPs were rolling along, I forget what year this was. Me and Damon are yelling and hollering like, we got to vote this one. Why are we not? And and the general consensus was. You know, Microsoft just doesn't fly at a DevOps days. And thank goodness, thank goodness. I think the the changes in Microsoft in terms of leadership and what they're doing and how they're embracing um, new technology. And, you know, now it is um, it is common, common to see Microsoft presentations at DevOps days and it, as it should be. <laughs> it's yeah. common to see Microsoft sponsoring DevOps days. Mm-hmm. There was, I, I, and I'm going to get it potentially wrong, but it was at Boston. I think Boston's was at Microsoft. There was one that I remember seeing was like at New an York. actual, oh, yeah, New, York, New York was at. Well, the New yeah. York's, yeah, the New York's, uh, they've always been, uh, you know, it's just, it was the difference between them uh, committing, you know, the, those um, those centers that they have, like the Boston one, the, the what yeah. is it called, the nerd or whatever. And yeah, then, yep. New York one. They've always been, you know, um, that, that's a group that just basically says, if you got an event and you're not going to blow the place off, <laughs> certainly come here and use it if the date's available. Um, yeah, and if but, you are going to blow it up, just pay for it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you're going to wreck the room or something like that. But 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 in general, even then, that still wasn't um, kind of an overall, like, acceptance until we actually started seeing, like you said, um, them showing up as sponsorships. Um, actually, the CFP selection committee is saying, oh, my goodness, we could actually have Terry Snover a keynote. That would be awesome. You know, so, um, so that, I think that's been a very healthy uh, part of um, where DevOps We'll put a link to that, uh, the Snover episode of DevOps Cafe in the show notes as well. I, I That's one of my favorites, um, and especially, John, it's just like you said, because lis- as a listener to that episode, you can tell that, you know, you kind of went through, again, you talked in the pre-call, I guess, which I didn't know about, but even through the episode, you could see your character arc, right? Oh, <laughs> through through certain things where you're like, oh, wow, I open WMI, what the hell is yeah, that? You guys are I, I wish we would have recorded the yeah, I wish we would have recorded a pre-call because Damon sent me this thing. Hey, I got this guy that wrote this paper at at Microsoft. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, but I, I I love Damon with all my heart, so I trust his. I've learned to trust his instinct, right? But so I didn't. I'm like, hey, you know, Damon, if you're saying it's a good deal, let's do it. You know, like we don't question each other. I mean, it's like probably you guys have that rhythm now, right? You like it, and um. And so, but we get on the call and we're just talking about our backgrounds. And he's like, yeah, I left deck and I wrote this thing called Windows for NT. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That that product was the only successful thing that ever worked until, you know, and we went on for like 40 minutes before the call comparing backgrounds and like, were you doing Tivoli at this point? And so we had this unbelievable like pre-call call. Anyway, yeah, Snover is amazing. I, I'll, I'll point out one thing you might want to, and I haven't seen it yet. But there have been absolute rave, rave reviews about his presentation at the DevOps Enterprise Summit 15. 
and he talks about so uh, i i gotta i gotta say if you don't know snover he was working at ibm Microsoft did an industry hire to pull him away from IBM he, uh, to Microsoft. He went over to Microsoft. This is a really short version. He, he um, basically realized that, you know, from his background, Microsoft was not going to succeed as a systems management tooling company unless it had some form of command line or Linux-like tool chain capabilities. So he started writing this white paper and actually literally started writing PowerShell. He was then told, at your position, you cannot do this. He took a demotion and and then started working on it. Now, he, I think he's told me, he denies it now, that he says now a senior executive walked in his office and said, what the heck, hell, did you not know, understand about Windows? But... I'm pretty sure somewhere along the line he told me it was Steve Ballmer, but now he says it wasn't. But, um, <laughs> but the point is, he, he uh, is an amazing transformation. And uh, so what I've heard, he does a little bit of his history of how he got to, you know, how he got there. The, the, you know, and, and I'll say one last thing I think is amazing. I always tell Je uh, Jeffrey that I can't imagine, if, if you look at how hard of what he's accomplished at Microsoft, imagine had he been anywhere else. What he would have accomplished, uh, the, you know, in a place that like he was fighting a battle and battle and battle and battle that nobody was listening to for years, and 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 uh, and has truly created transformation there. Um, anyway, so maybe. Hey, but I, I want something that he said on our show makes me wonder if what you would think would be true would actually not be true. That if he was somewhere where he wasn't fighting those battles, he may not have accomplished as much as he did because he talked when he was on with us about, you know, the challenges he had and how that really, you know, was what creates resolve and creates the driving stuff. So almost if he didn't have to fight. Again, so we, we love Jeffrey on this show, too, so, and he occasionally listens, so he's probably, if, if this happens to be one, you know, he's sitting there going, why are you guys gossiping about me? That, that's a great point. <laughs> you know? Matt, Matt, that's a great point, because it's like, you know, they say, you know, Sherlock Holmes, well, Sherlock Holmes because of Dr. Moriarty, right? Like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah so, <laughs> stuff was his Moriarty. Anyway, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Nice. Now, now this makes me curious to go find if we have had Snover speak at a DevOps days. If we haven't, maybe that's something that has to happen in 2016. Uh, yeah. I've already put him in Austin. Austin. Although, oh, wonderful. He, he, no, no, not Austin, Amsterdam. He ah. did one, you know, it's in Amsterdam. But, you know, having him again is certainly not a bad idea. So. Nice. So I'm just kind of thinking, like, looking ahead to 2016, and obviously there's a bunch of events already planned. Uh, let's look back at 2015. Like, which ones did we all go to? Trevor, you said you made it to Chicago. That was the the only one you made it to in 2015? Uh, I was supposed to go to Paris, and I was supposed to go to Minneapolis, but scheduling did not allow for that to be a reality. Oh, we missed you. I mean, yeah, realities for me this year with job stuff and other things were um, – uh, and switching jobs between Drama Fever and Pivotal and whatnot. Um, I spoke at New York and then I ran Minneapolis. And then I showed up at uh, Silicon Valley for like an hour, you know, at our sponsor booth. <laughs> so like that was that was my 2015 in DevOps days, even though I did have a lot of um, help and guidance that I provided to new events that were kicking off. Um, how about you, Matt? So, uh, yeah, so I went to uh, DevOps Days Rockies, which was in Denver, and it was their first one, and I spoke there. Um, it was really fun. <clears throat> they did a great event, and I think they're going to do a great one this year. Uh, I was at Minneapolis. I did an Ignite at Minneapolis, and Pete Cheslock screwed it up, and we're 
he's I think that's why we <laughs> haven't been at the same event or same location since then. I think he's hiding from me. Um, and again, I, I, I helped run Chicago for our second year. I kind of was consultative to Ohio. I was going to go to Ohio, but Ohio and Detroit being one right after the other, I had to pick one or the other. And Detroit solved that problem for me by inviting me to speak. So I gave a presentation and an Ignite at Detroit. And that was that was it. I was hoping to be able to go to Charlotte. That didn't work out because work stuff. I'm hoping to go to, to, to more. I am you know would love to, to get to one of the international ones this year, but we'll see. I Work is work, right? So Absolutely. John, uh, were we, we were trying to figure out who went to the most, and I think when we added up the numbers overall, it was you, right? You, like, destroy Michael Ducey, I think, in totals. There was a yeah, Twitter I, argument about this. Yeah, I had 35, although what's-his-face Jason is, like, on my butt. Oh. Jason, <laughs> went to, Jason went to every single one in North America. I know. This year. I think you might overtake me next year. So, like, <laughs> oh, I don't I'm think Jason have, wants to go to any DevOps states next I'm gonna year. I'm going to have to play, uh, what, what was it, uh, Nancy Kerrigan and uh, the other one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you looked on the 2015 list, John, which ones were you at? It was. I, I did 10. Um, you know, uh, um, this, this was a, actually, this might've been the most of one in one year. I, 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 again, as they grow. Um, so, but yeah, you know, I was at, at, at Paris in the beginning of the year, uh, New York, um, um, you know, there, there's some ones that I try never to miss and, you know, in like, dang you, Bridget, for doing such a good job in Minnesota, because now I might have to make that a not miss one too, but Austin, and, Austin and Amsterdam, Austin, you know, I got my, my heart is in Austin. I, I try to go there every year, no matter what I, I love, you know, that's the other thing is you get to fall in love with the organizers, like too, not just the people, but like, you know, in Austin, like they're my family, Ernest Mueller, James Wicked, and, you know, Karthik, you know, they're, they're like, I, you know, I, I feel like they're family, like the, on the last night we all go out to dinner on our own little dinner, you know, and, and, um, you know, in Amsterdam, right. You've got all those, those, the folk over in Amsterdam, you know, harm and all the Schubert fills and, 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 uh, so the, those are ones that I just, um, you know, there, there's like a place in my heart for those. And, you know, so I, I, I did Amsterdam. The one that was interesting also, um, I don't know, Matt, if you were at it, um, I, I don't remember Bridget, the Washington DC one, the first government one. Ah, um, yes. Uh, Nathan Harvey put that together with yeah, some great folks out there. Yeah, again, there's another like a guy I just love, right? Like an organizer that just go like it, it, it's worth going to DC just to get to hang out with Nathan, right? Like although you do get to see him in other places, but um, but the the government one was was fascinating because you know we it was at the U.S. Patent Office. Um, there was um, a fair amount of the speakers. You know, one of the things early on they asked me if I wanted a keynote, and actually Nathan did. Like, hey, John, can you do um, a, a history of DevOps? You know, most likely everybody here is going to be, what the heck is this DevOps thing? And I'm like, fine. And then word to the wise, core organizers see all emails. <laughs> so we <laughs> asked what you say about a core organizer, and nobody said anything negative. But, there, you know, I watched the whole debate of, like, you know, should this be a local event, you know, given its government? Do we really want John to come in? And, you know, and Nathan was, you know, again, I don't think he's ever heard me say this. He was sort of my champion of, you know, hey, John has, you know, if we can't get Patrick, you know, let's get John. And, and because, you know, he has an incredible history of this and it worked out well. But long story short is a lot of the presentations were people who were 
deeply in the government. Mark Escher um, from uh, immigration and um, just, you know, the list of um, all the different, um, I think we had uh, the consumer uh, financial protection agency. So a lot of the keynotes were people who were in the government, not keynotes, but presentations were government agencies that were fighting the battle with DevOps. So that was a great event. Um, I'm trying to think what else. You know, obviously Minnesota was, was brilliant. I, I actually, Minnesota was like, uh, like, in, it was a triple whammy for me. <laughs> One is I went in a day early and I got to hang out at the Target DevOps Dojo. So I don't know if you've had the, Heather and Ross on. You probably have. And, and I, I have, in fact. A bunch of us Pivotal people got to go up and you take the tour and chat with those folks, and it was we, really we have, great. Yeah, Ross was on last year on our Enterprise episode, and then he went and did his own podcast. And Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's fine. But um, the um, – so we had, so I got to spend a, a day with at Target in uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Minnesota. That always seems strange to me, but uh, I think it's in Brooklyn Park. Okay, and, or maybe uh, Brooklyn Center. I can never remember which is which. Anyway, far flung northern suburb. Yeah, and don't don't take an Uber from the airport, by the way. Oh yeah, no, that was really far. <laughs> it's like taking an Uber to Santa Clara. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um. So that was one thing. The event itself was the lineup was amazing. You had Mary Popmanick. You had um. It was like that alone. I probably would have said, you know what, their agenda is good enough that like if I didn't know anything about anything, I'm going to go there. So it was a great event. And then like of course in my heart. I ping Bridget and I said, I've got a 12 year old son. What do you think about him submitting for an Ignite talk? And you know, I love you, Bridget. I love you, Bridget. Oh. You know, I, you know, again, again you, you probably would have done it had you not known me anyway, because the kid, he had a good, you know, he had a valid talk. I mean, he, mm-hmm. but my 12 year old gave an Ignite on, you know, on basically using R and data science. So, I mean, so that event, probably sorry to everybody else who I love you out there was my favorite one, but um, and by the way, after following up that Ignite, which was actually super interesting, with me getting up there and doing slides about, like, uh, you know, Mark bought about Pete Cheslock, I was like, what kind of a jackass am I? No. <laughs> I, I, put yours la- I put yours last on purpose because it was very lighthearted and fun. I, I loved but, your son's talk, though. It was no, – I, I learned you know a lot. What? My kids couldn't stop talking about your talk. <laughs> It was a whole discussion for the rest of the week was the bot thing. <laughs> Who is this guy? And they were absolutely fascinated about that whole concept of some bot going up and taking whatever he tweeted. That's all they could talk about. <laughs> so you actually scored with my kids big time. Nice. <laughs> Results. <laughs> nice. So, okay. So we've talked about like a, a wide variety of, you know, events. And John, since you got to go to so many this year, like what kind of patterns or themes did you see emerging like in the topics? Because that, of course, even though every event is independently organized and every event independently decides on what its talks should be, I'm guessing that there's kind of, you know, trends that come and go. Like, do you want to talk a little bit about the patterns you've been seeing? Yeah, I mean, one that is very near and dear to me is that really kind of started not at DevOps days, but at scale in the beginning of the year. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I read a blog article about this, and, um, and and it just, you know, the whole thing about me it just it still kind of hits me hard. But again, I'll try to make this short. But I'm sitting at the Marriott and breakfast. Chris Weber is. LA, um, you know, works over at Chef and, you know, very good friend of DevOps and, and steward of DevOps, my great young man. And um, it's funny how I get to call older people young, young, but 
I get the liberty of doing that. But we have having breakfast, and he says, did you hear about um, – you know, at the time, it was blah, 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 because I'm horrible at names. Did you hear about such and such passing away? And I'm like, no. He goes, I think you know him. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not it's trying to egotistical, but I know a lot of people. I maybe do. Left at that. And then we said, I said, oh, that's terrible. A young man committed suicide in our community. Horrible. I'm sitting in the open session. Uh, it's, it's actually the DevOps day um, of Scale, which is the Los Angeles uh, the, the Linux user conference. And I start realizing, oh, my God, because they're, they're starting to do a tribute to this young man. And they show his, his uh, Twitter thing, but he's kind of laying down and you can't really see his face. And I'm like, oh, my God, please don't pee that the young man that I've gotten to know over the last three years. I was crying now. Right. And. And it was. And before I even like where it was able to Google or look up this website, I realized it was a gentleman named Carlo Flores and he committed suicide about a week before there. And and um, and it just that that whole thing just like I couldn't get out of my mind for like a week. So I, I called Gene Kim. I said, Gene, I'm going to write this article and I don't even know where to put it um, because it's I don't. I didn't know how to categorize it. And he said, no, no, you need to put this article on IT Revolution blog. And I did. And it had a major reaction. And and so, you know, one of the themes in open space, well, I did. A, I was asked to do a keynote in New York on it, on burnout. I did that. In fact, the gentleman after me, Jay, Justin Lintz, actually told me, he did an amazing presentation about his anxieties. This young, brilliant, you know, as I say, use the word brilliant, young, really tall, good-looking man. Like you look at and him and pretty say, smart <laughs> and pretty smart. And you look at him and say, well, how could that guy have any problems? And he gets up and talks about his um, troubles with anxiety. And I spoke to him after he said, John, it was your blog article gave me the courage to actually get up and give a presentation like this. Right. And it was an amazing presentation. And we saw, and then we saw like in Austin and these like 50, 60 people sitting around in open spaces talking about burnout. And in fact, I think it was Austin. This, well, this was an amazing piece point um we were in an open spaces and josh corman who i'm another big fan of over a cto at sonotype we're sitting around a table because he had done a burnout uh survey in it sec and um near the end he asked how many people had seen a therapist so there's like 40 50 people in this circle how many people have seen a therapist and about 30 percent of the circle raised their hand and i made the comment like thinking you know has devops changed the way we think I said, I wonder how many people four or five years ago would have really raised their hand. And he looked at me, said, John, how many people an hour, you know, 40 minutes ago would have raised their hand? In other words, we had gotten so intimate. And I said, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, like, and, and, and so there's been four or five open spaces on burnout. I've done two keynotes and I decided I wasn't going to do any more. I did one in Amsterdam and I didn't want to like capitalize on this like tragedy. So I said, this is the last one. Um, but I was in Velocity Amsterdam. And um, and it was the now the third three velocities in a row have run a burnout session. There was well over 100 people in that room. You know, and at the end, John Osborne points at me and, you know, again, I'm not trying to pat my ego. He gives me the kind of, you know, the eye, the two finger eye, two finger eye. And he says, this is all because of you, buddy. And but so neither here nor there. The point is burnout and us trying to get a community of people. You know, the thing in our community is we're very, very passionate about what we do. 
we, we get involved in things that, um, that can be, uh, can affect a lot of people. You know, me and Damon joke about, imagine you, you're working at Uber, right? And that the, the, you know, whether you hate Uber, love Uber, but imagine the role is to eliminate all cabs from the planet, right? And you're the one who runs op- operations for that, the person who runs operations. Like that, like you, the, the, the pressure that we put on young people in the thing. And I think us all being able to sit around in circles and talk about, oh, by the way, I have that problem. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. And I don't know. It, 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 I, I think it, it's, it's unfortunate it started with a tragedy. Uh, but the the upside is we're having healthy discussions about things that were possibly hidden in a closet. So that's a, that to me that that's a you know to me one of the most important beats out any technology discussion of what has happened this year. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really profound and moving point, um, John, because we. As technologists, and especially as people who are working in, um, like you said, highly visible if something goes wrong, work, and yet we ourselves are kind of hidden, uh, there is a lot of pressure. And it's kind of that, you know, Sysadmin as IT janitor, no one notices unless the janitor doesn't do their work. Like, I like the idea of us making sure that we're creating humane spaces for people who are um, dealing with, you know, say web stuff at scale or whatever, so that we don't forget the essential humanity of the people trying to do this work. Because it's like, it's, it's so important. And you're right. If we're seeing these kind of discussions in our technical communities, finally, like long overdue, but I'm, I really appreciate you and Gene and everyone bringing these discussions to the forefront. I think two other important themes. One we can go through real quickly because we're, we're starting to wind down is complexity has showed up and um, and that's good. Uh, we're seeing things like Kinevin, Cybernetics, uh, or Jeff Sussner's book, Designing Delivery, has been was brilliant if you hadn't read it. Um, you know, Kinevin, OODA loops, right? We, we're seeing this all tie about feedback loops and thinking about complexity. And, and then that's a great subject. And so um, we can dig up some show notes of good, good presentations on that. But I think the one I want to talk about the most is, and, and I, I Really, you know, I go back to this. I'm going to make you cry, Bridget. Is that you? In a lot of ways, you changed my life because the way oh. I thought. Of, there we go. Huh? I did that. No, um, I, you know, the way I thought about being a male in, in a person, I, I was just kind of had blinders on about like, you know, why are they always whining about this? Why are they always whining about that? You know, like really, it really is it, you know, is this a first wheel problem or not? And you basically, it was something that you wrote after your first DevOps Day Silicon Valley about some little simple thing. And it like the light bulb went on. You, you said something like the, the at the end of the, you had had such a wonderful time. It was your first full presentation, I think, in DevOps Silicon Valley. You, you were you, you were shining like bubbly about how excited you were about the whole event. And 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 then I knew that because I, I think if you remember, we were trying to have a more diverse um, subject. And I, I reached out to you. I said, I really would like you to submit here because you're awesome. I saw you in New York. You're amazing. And and you did submit and you presented. And then you then somebody, you know, something I would have done easily said, hey, let's us ops guys go out to dinner. And you wrote a really good way to of explaining, not like, hey, you know, don't use that word, guys. You know, you said, I felt like shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I was to make Bridget feel like shit, 
I would really, really feel like shit. And, and, and so what that did for me is it opened up a lot of just kind of seeing things I hadn't seen before. And so in some ways, so diversity across all accounts um, has been a good theme in our DevOps community. Uh-huh. We, we have, you know, code of conduct started last year. Okay. It is, you know, it is now, you know, it is part of the, the manifest. Um, right. Yeah, we won't mo- we won't merge your PR without a code of conduct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and um, you know, and I think so. In a lot of ways, you know, um, you know, it was it was obvious that you needed to be a core organizer, <laughs> and and like I think everybody thinks that that's an amazing event. We we added Jennifer recently, um, and we're going to add more female you know, women to the. Um, but but here's the thing. So we're doing. DevOps community is better than others. Like I said, I, I don't even want to get into this gaming community nonsense. <laughs> um, we're doing better than most, but we still suck. Um, you know, maybe the same thing about burnout too. Like we're getting better, but we need to crack this thing. And, and, and I'll just tell you this one story. I was in London and this woman who had worked on uh, UK.gov, and I don't remember her name, but she's... she's uh, Anna Shipman. Okay, good, good. You, so she's good. a technical architect for the government delivery services. Yeah, no, it wasn't Anna though. It was somebody oh, else. No, Anna. Yeah, no, it was somebody who worked on a team. She worked with Gareth, and and then she was actually doing consulting for Docker uh, when I met her. Uh, but she's she was obviously had all the goods of technical everything. And she we were talking about Twitter, and she said, you know, John, I said I I don't expose my Twitter. You know, when you keep your Twitter to handle, I don't. Uh, and I'm like, oh, really? Why would, anybody, whatever. why would you? Why would anybody do that? And she went into like, and she, you know, John, let me tell you something. Y'all are always talking about how we need to get more women in the STEM, how we need to get more women in technology. But nobody talks about how do we keep women in technology. And she said, I had to turn it off. And because I gave a presentation and we saw this thing with Jesse um, over uh, this year with uh, what, the, what you know, she is a, a, just a bubbly, amazing, like incredibly like light flows out of her hair person to be around and, and she's I, also an amazing technologist and a core maintainer on doctor i'm given I'm, I'm not like <laughs> one hundredth of our technical capability well i'm and, just saying if, if people don't know who jesse for yeah. is, she is a core maintainer of, of the docker project yeah you know and then you know again we, we can, i don't even have to link but she she got like she she came very prominent this year like her people got to see how great she was and all of a sudden like she started getting this like ridiculousness of trolls. stuff from it was trolls, <laughs> trolls, but but like sending like pornographic pictures to her, like that doesn't happen to men. Like, Not so much. It's nonsense. I mean, and and I think our DevOps community is better than most, but we still got a long way to go. And so diversity has been a big part of this story here. I when, think uh, Minneapolis was sorry, Bridget. This is that oh, was, I was, oh, gonna, that was I was awful. gonna say I'm gonna speak right over Bridget. So I was go gonna ahead, say the exact. Bridget. I think we're gonna say the exact same thing about both Cowie and yeah. uh, and about John. What they both said at Minneapolis. I thought it was funny because John got up there and was going to give his, you were introducing something. I don't, this is bad. Well, maybe it's good that all I remember is what you said, not why. I think maybe you were giving the, oh, you were giving the Docker. It was the open, it was the open space intro. Open space intro. Right. So you're very memorable to me, John. Right. But he basically got up there and said, Hey, you know, very succinctly, you know, said, you know, someone in our community is getting this thing. He goes, knock it the fuck off. And then sat down and then, you know, either I think it was I think Howie was the next day and then John gets up there and gives John Cowie gives this great 
and we'll put a link to to the salient part in the in the show notes. You know, this whole thing about using Chef at Etsy and blah blah blah, and then he and basically the last ten minutes he goes, okay, so now I'm going to go on a rant. And I, I loved he said, you know, I hear there's this thing called Minnesota Nice, so none of you are going to leave. And he then <laughs> for ten minutes proceeded to say, knock it the fuck off. But here's exactly why. Right. And it was to me, this is what I thought was was interesting is and I'm going to agree with 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 the esteemed, uh, you know, Mr. Willis here that my experience through doing the show and having Bridget on the show and getting to know Bridget better and and everything is is, is help and other things I do is help me be aware of these things. Um, But I think that and it's the one thing that John said that was so right was he said the only part of our industry that needs more straight white males is fixing the straight white males in our industry, you know, <laughs> and that was kind of like a little bit of a siren song to me kind of thing. So I, it's, that yeah, was an amazing event. And it took a lot of, you know, I mean, I'm glad that that really happened, but I, I agree with John. We we're better than anybody else and we're awful. So it's damning with faint praise for us. The way that, that, that we kind of look at ourselves, we got a lot of work to do, but we are doing the work. And we're doing the work around burnout, we're doing the work around diversity, and we're doing the work around uh, interoperating between IT departments in order to create a better working environment for everyone. And like, there isn't going to be a done because this is a journey. We're never going to be able to say that we have completely DevOps to all the DevOps and now we're done and it's perfect. Like, I think that's like, I guess that's maybe that's a good place to end it is just to say, you're all right. We are on a journey of improving. And it's really nice that our community is looking at ourselves and looking at where we can improve. So final words from you on this, John, before we uh, start wrapping up. No, I think it's, you know, I mean, what what was one of the first things that John Osbar said about the definition of uh, DevOps? It's about, it's something about collaboration, right? And and so collaboration, um, you know, Jeff Sussner had, uh, you know, DevOps is empathy, right? you know, it's like one of those ones like, darn, I wish I would have thought of that. Right. But, um, but the, um, but it, you know, I mean, it's about being able to be bold, brave and communicate to be able to discuss things and feel free about discussing things. And, and we talk about burnout, we talk about diversity, we, you know, those kind of things. It, it also is being able to kind of stand in a room where you know that most of the room has way more experience than you and feel free that you can suggest that, Hey, I don't think, you know, Docker works this way when it's X, Y, Z and not feel like, shut up. You, you know, you know, you only had one year experience. Why, what do you, you know? um, So, um, you know, DevOps is, 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 is great. And, and, and it's about collaboration. It's about um, empathy. It's about respect, right? Our whole code of conduct is a respect thing. You know, I'll give one, this was last year, but this I think was a good, you you see the code of conduct and there's some events that still say, we're not going to do a code of conduct, which can I think that's silly. I don't get it. And, and not, we should clarify, not DevOps Days events. They don't get to be on DevOps yeah, yeah, Days yeah, yeah, without yeah. one. <laughs> and there's other events. That's right. Um, but if you remember in 2014, um, in the Ghent um, kind of reunion, there was this guy that made a really uh, 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 you know, bad remark during his Ignite. You know, and, 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 and he just said it, and he was kind of an old school person. And so immediately about five people went up to Patrick. So the whole point of code of conduct is if, like, if you don't, if you don't feel, uncom- if you don't feel comfortable, go to an organizer and that organizer should address your 
the ability that you're uncomfortable. In short, that's basically what we say. And this person made a lot of people feel uncomfortable. And a fair amount of people, including myself, went up to Patrick, you know, and said, hey, you know, that was really not cool. And I think Patrick, someone went and talked. He was actually with a vendor. And I remember seeing him when they went up to address it. He was like, he, he like, oh, my God, I can't believe. Oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. I'm an idiot. So he begged Patrick to let him make an apology. Like, can I have like three minutes on the stage to apologize? And like, yeah. And he got up there and he said, you know what? I am an absolute idiot. And I absolutely apologize to everybody I offended. And I thought, my, my goodness, that, you know, like if, if, if you're an organization and not DevOps days and you don't think Code of Conduct works, you know, then you listen to that story because that's exactly the way it should have worked. He wasn't an evil person. We shouldn't have taken him out in the back and, and flogged him. He made a, like a really bad mistake. He wasn't being empathetic to his audience, but it, it like it self-corrected beautifully. I think that that's, that's wonderful. And that's the spirit of DevOps days right there because you go with blamelessness. You go with, hey, you're not a terrible person, but you did something that isn't right for the organization, for the community. Let's self-correct. And having that support in place so that he felt that he could self-correct is super important. Like it's these are these are good events is basically the TLDR yeah. and, there. And one last thing in case you're listening to this, and I suspect if you're a common listener of this podcast, you don't this doesn't need to be said. There's a lot of fun technology discussions at DevOps. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like there's some really cool stuff to learn. Um, you know, Possib- uh, possibly uh, something about Docker, Docker, Docker. There's a little bit of Docker at some of them. There's certainly a lot of concern. <laughs> there's a lot of Docker at other ones. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, I mean, it literally, I mean, if you're somebody that's sitting around, particularly in enterprise and like just getting hammered by all these buzzwords and technologies and, oh my God, should I start with Chef? Should I start with this? Should I puppet? Should I do that? I don't know what to do. Oh, uh, oh your VP <laughs> says you should have microservices. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Come to DevOps Days and you'll get to hear practitioners tell you real stories about, you know, what works, what doesn't work, their opinions, some opinions differ. So it, it's not just, um, uh, you know, the, again, you should know we've got a great mix of, of uh, empathy, compassion, really deep subjects, but a heck of a lot of good technology fun, too. I want to give one more shout out that that just reminded me when you talked about, you know, you want to learn about a thing you don't know. So there we had a um, woman named Cora Hayes Megan uh, attended DevOps Days Chicago as her first DevOps Days. And in fact, actually, she's just getting started in technology to begin with. It was her basically day zero of her dev boot camp was when DevOps Days started. She wrote a blog post we'll, we'll link to uh, in the show notes about what that experience was like, about going and listening and learning about the goats and the unicorns and all this other stuff, but how it was helpful to be able to absorb those things. And, and I thought it was it's an especially interesting post because a lot of times we feel like going to conferences, and we talked about this a little bit on our conferences app, that you know, when are you going to have a chance to really be able to, to talk to people who will be who would love, not only will they be willing to talk to you, you won't be able to get them to shut up at a certain point, you know, about how passionate they are. Uh, so anyway, she just sent me an email the other day about now she's finished her boot camp and now she's going and, and getting started doing work. So we'll put a link to the blog post. I thought it was really interesting, but that made me. Yeah. So no matter what level, you don't have to be John Willis to go to DevOps days and have an awesome time. And, and you don't and have I to should, be a brand newbie either. You can be any of the people. 
And I should mention, you don't need to be John Willis or Bridget Crumhout or Matt Stratton or even Trevor, because I know we're <laughs> going to get you helping with this too, Trevor. You don't need to be those people to run a DevOps days. So I guess that's the takeaway that I want to leave you all with is wherever you're listening to this, if you would like to run a DevOps days in your town, um, we can help you make that happen. So reach out, uh, info at devopsdays.org or just, you know, come at us on Twitter or whatever. The uh, the other thing I wanted to point out is you don't have to be any of the people we've aforementioned to speak at a DevOps days. We usually talk about upcoming CFPs. There is going to be an upcoming feature on our website in the next few weeks where they will all be listed as we know about them. And there will be a link if you are an organizer of any kind of event. Uh, keep your eye out on our website. There's going to be a link where you can submit so that your CFPs will be included. So the whole point is come to our website and look at it a lot because I worked on it really hard. That's all. Okay. So, uh, hey, by the way, we have a newsletter. You can sign up for it at arrestedevops.com slash banana stand. It is the best way to know about upcoming podcast episodes and a good way to find out about cool news with DevOps. And we have an iPhone app if you want to use that and you can download it for free at arresteddevops.com slash iPhone. Thanks again to our sponsors. Be sure to visit them at arresteddevops.com slash 10th magnitude and arresteddevops.com slash datadog. Thanks so much, John, for joining us tonight or today or whenever this is. (laughs) (laughs) This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was. I I, I think um, it's just, uh, you know, great respect for both the, all three of you, but um, certainly, um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of figured this would be fun and it basically yeah. went up to its expectation. So you'll be on again. We'll corner you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and loyal listeners, if you enjoy listening to Arrested DevOps, we'd appreciate it if you would visit ArrestedDevOps.com slash iTunes and leave us a review in the iTunes store. You, you should also... Know- oh, go ahead. While you're in the iTunes store, go leave a like good review and rating for DevOps Cafe too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we ask them to make to more episodes. <laughs> we would love to know. Okay, let's interrupt what, over again. <laughs> Go ahead. We would love to know what you thought of, of this episode. Please leave us comments at arresteddevops.com slash devopsdays2015. Be sure to check us out at arresteddevops.com or at arresteddevops on Twitter. We're always happy to get your input, ideas, or feedback at shows at arresteddevops.com. Please let us know any ideas you have for future episodes. I'm Bridget at Bridget Crumhout. I'm Matt at Matt Stratton. And I'm Trevor at Trevor G. Hess. We're Arrested DevOps. And remember, there's always DevOps. In the banana stand.